Hey everyone and welcome to Sunday Night's Main Event. We are more than just a weekly radio show. We actually have a whole network of shows that cover the entire world of professional wrestling. From Raw and SmackDown to Dynamite and Rampage to Impact to New Japan and everything in between, we've got you covered. In order to get each of these shows, you have to be a Patreon. And to join our Patreon for just $5 a month, head on over to patreon.com slash SNME. Radio. This next show features an SNME original and a legend of this brand. That's Dan DeMouth Lavransky and his partner, Joe Aguinaldo, better known as the Old Fs. They're going to be talking all things AEW, Dynamite, chat some ratings, chat some wrestling, talk about the old days, because that's what they do best. As the Old Fs, they're going to be chatting all things AEW Dynamite. So if you like what you heard, head on over to patreon.com slash SNME radio. And for just $5 every month, you will get this show and many more. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome, 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 welcome. Come in, come in, come in, everybody, one and all. This is, um, you know, this is one of those episodes where I really feel like um, it's like you're welcoming people. I just feel after Revolution and the matches and the show that we saw and then watching this week's episode of Dynamite, I really got, I got that feeling that I haven't had in a long time where a bunch of stories ended and hey. A bunch of new stories started, and it was kind of like, you know, it, it seems nowadays a lot of it with wrestling, at least I noticed, it seems like it just kind of run, it seems to run forever, and sometimes things just never seem to come to a proper ending. Whereas after Revolution, I felt, yeah, that's the end of that story, that story, that story, that story, and it's like, you know what, this dynamite started up some new stories. So welcome, uh, Mr. Joe Aguinaldo, and all of you, of course, listening out there in platform land that's what i'm going to call it platform land um <laughs> uh welcome welcome we're here once again the old fox uh, i'm dan the mothoransky joe aguinaldo as well and uh, yeah we're going to run through this dynamite from march the 8th and as i said after revolution and speaking of revolution i guess joe uh, you wanted before we get into the episode here wanted to go through some feedback that we got uh from revolution yeah, like I, I, I put up a thread on the Facebook page um, after the show, um, but because it ran late, we never really got into it. So I kind of thought, you know, seeing as how this is the the fallout from the Revolution pay-per-view, I thought maybe just to share some comments from some people on the board. Um, really quickly, just going through it, Sean Patrick Kelly said that the main event was the only memorable match for him. Um, Sean Burkhead said something similar. He loved the main event, but he felt that the ending was a little, uh, a little, a little, let's say, weird, and it left a sour taste in his mouth. Um, Dan Austin also really liked the main event. He said that it was easily match of the night, but he also enjoyed the women's match as well. Um, Kirk Havlin actually, speaking of the women, like he liked the entire card minus maybe the buried alive match, but he did feel that the women's match was uh, totally delivered. 
Uh, our friend Jake Allenar from Chicago, he did the movie theater experience, and he called this mm. an all-timer of a pay-per-view, 9 out of 10. Um, Rob Gableman says that this is why he chooses to watch AEW over WWE. Match quality and style is better. Um, and he, he, he actually said what we said, that the pay-per-view we thought was going to be long, but it flew by, and it was a good mm-hmm. card. Yeah, good um, pacing. And then uh, our, our buddy Matt Ederer, he said that there were two all-time classic matches on this show. I'm going to assume that he meant the main event and the Texas Death Texas Match. Death Match, yeah, probably. Uh, yep. Uh, Danny uh, Danny K. Sorry, man, I can't say your last name, but he said that the uh, the show was a thumbs up. He said that MJF versus Danielson is a candidate for match of the year and po- oh, potent- sure. and potentially greatest match in AEW. I might argue that, but. <laughs> but hey, well, man, the, the thing is, there's lots, lots to choose from. Yeah, there's absolutely even in AEW short history, yeah. there's tons of best match ever choices. Yeah. So, um, long and short of it, it was. Uh, oh, actually, I can't forget our our pal Blaine. He said that the uh, he he called this one a thumbs in the middle show. He said that the the main event was was great, um, and uh, they went all out for the uh, the Texas Death Match. But there were a few matches he didn't care for. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think the general consensus was that this is a really good pay-per-view, um, you know, and I thought uh, – I, I, you and I thought the same thing. So that was the feedback from some of the people on the board. Thank you, everyone, to, uh, to everyone who uh, who provided some, some, some comments. And, uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, so let's get into it here now that we've seen how a lot of these things wrap up. Uh, we got into some new stories here. But um, – we started off actually this one. Well, this one was not new actually. There's this has kind of been going on for a bit here between um, these two groups here with the kind of the best friends party and the um, Sanjay Dutt fast um, a group going at it with each other. So we start the show off with Orange Cassidy against Jay Lethal for the All Atlantic Title. Um, this was this was good. I really actually I really enjoyed. This was another one for those people that you know if they think Orange Cassidy is all the gimmick. This was a match that kind of said, well, actually, no, he isn't, because really most of the gimmick and funny stuff was left out of this. Mm-hmm. This was really like basically a wrestling match. He, you know, he, he wasn't doing the hands in the pockets, drop kick. I think he might have did the mellow kick maybe once at one point, I think. But like, like he he did do some of his shtick, but it didn't not much, take. Though, not like usual, right? No, no. But 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 the thing is, when he did it, it didn't really take like. There was one point where they were battling on the apron and yeah, he, and he did chopping him. He did like this, like the the, the the soft chops. But right. for the most part, I agree with you. This was this was actually a really good wrestling match. Like even yeah. at the beginning, that's um, exactly that's when it, it like right away. Yeah, they didn't do any tomfoolery off the top. There was no stuff with the hands in the pockets and that. This went they went right into it. Yeah, they got exactly right to it right. So. Uh, yeah, so exactly. So it was a, it was a little bit different than some Orange Cassidy matches, and and for the better. Um, the best friends and Danhausen are there with uh, Orange, uh, Dutt Singh, and Jeff Jarrett come out with Lethal, but the refs and uh, everybody just jumps on them right away. Not even going to let them do anything. The refs force all the rest of them to go to the back. Um, did you catch that? They had some weird technical problem at the beginning there of that match where you heard the announcers through the PA in the arena. Did you catch that? 
I, I didn't catch I didn't catch it, but everyone on the Facebook page did. Yeah, yeah it was really wild because all of a sudden you could hear like um, Excalibur and Taz throughout the whole arena, and you, that. You know what it you know what it, it like it sounded like it reminded me of. It's like remember uh, when during the live audio wrestling days when you guys used to take calls and someone would have their radio on. Oh yeah, one like of those that weird kind of effects. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah it, was, it was just some weird audio glitch. I don't know if somebody in the truck hit the wrong uh, yeah, button yeah. or whatever, but uh, it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, right into the wrestling, and this they, they had the kind of story. This it was, it was like the rubber match, right? They both had wrestled. They'd had wrestled each other twice before, and each had won before. So this was kind of the rubber match. Um, so, yeah, they were brawling at ringside. Orange threw Lethal into the post, so he was selling the shoulder. And then uh, Lethal, though, grabbed Orange and threw him into the steps. So that was kind of then Lethal started to go after Orange's uh, knee. So that was kind of the Orange went after his shoulder and Lethal went after his knee. Uh, in fact, Lethal gave him the knee breaker where he rammed him into the ring post. Um, they went to pick and pick. Lethal stayed in control the whole pick and pick. Um, there was a great spot uh, where Orange went for a brain buster, which looked great, but couldn't capitalize on it because his knee was he couldn't he couldn't make the cover after doing the move. And same when he tried to do the orange punch at one point, he tried to run at he tried to run at uh, Lethal to do it, and his knee like collapsed on him, so he couldn't do it in that. So doing a good job with this here. Um, uh, so because yeah, after he tried the orange punch. Uh, he fell down. Lethal grabbed him, put him in the figure four. But Orange did make it to the ropes eventually. Uh, Lethal did get the lethal combination, and he went for the elbow off the top, and he got a cutter. But Cassidy kicked out. Uh, lethal went for the lethal injection, but his shoulder gave out, so he couldn't do it. So he collapsed, which allowed Orange to find Orange to finally get the orange punch and the win. And then afterwards, um, you know, Lethal. Um, Teased using the Golden Globe Award that they stole from that actor or whatever. I don't even know why they still have that. Um, but the ref held him off. But that allowed Jeff Jarrett to come in from behind. And he gave he gave Orange the stroke. And not a very good looking stroke, actually. And, and then he broke the guitar. Not over Orange Cassidy's head. I think this is the first time I've ever seen him break it over another body part besides someone's head. Um he actually took the guitar and smashed it on Orange's bad knee. So I don't know if that's going to continue to be a storyline, but that was the idea there. But he still managed to get the pin, so he's still the All-Atlantic champion. And like I said, I liked it because, uh, you know, Cassie got a chance to show that he can actually wrestle. Yeah, I'm going to double down on what you just said. Um, Orange Cassidy is pretty good in the ring. Um, and when I say pretty good, he's he's actually really good. And look, I get people don't like the gimmick. I I understand that, but um, like I I don't understand how people say he's not good in the ring after that match with Jay Lethal. And like you know, I was having a conversation with someone, and they were like, they're like, well, it was most, mostly Jay Lethal. I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, look, Jay Lethal is great, but to have a great match, it takes two people. It's not like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and it's like, it's not like, it's not like OC is a broomstick. And it again. I'm okay if you don't like the character. Like, I'm not – you know, I've been hot and cold on MJF, but I won't deny his talent. And I think what bugs me about, you know, some of the quote-unquote smart wrestling fans is that they watch Orange Cassidy and they say, oh, you know, he sucks. It's like, really? How does he suck? He has a – he has a – he has a character that is over 
He can work in the ring. Again, I'm not going to call him, you know, Brian Danielson, not by any stretch, but he's pretty good. And, you know, he's, he's got a gimmick that's over. And guess what? When he comes out, the people make a lot of noise. One yeah, more deal. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I just like the way that they both picked a body part and that they both sold, sold it, it in yeah. the match. And it, yeah. it, it, they both had trouble doing their major finishers because of the injury. Like, it was yes. good. It had a story to it and stuff, right? But, again, remember, Orange Cassidy sucks as a wrestler. Like, you know what I mean? Come on, right? Um, although, although, you know what? The, the one thing I will say, too, and, and I mentioned it just before um, you started recapping, like, right at the top, like, OC was doing, like, like headlock takeovers yes. and, like, yes. arm bars, and he was, like, you know, he was doing a lot of mat wrestling, which I thought was really cool, right? Yeah, I, thought I think was- they – almost like they did it on purpose to, like, yeah, you guys you, – you think it's yeah, going to be the clown yeah. show? It's like, no, you know what? Let's go the opposite yeah, way. Let's go the opposite way. And we'll yeah. totally freak them all out, and we won't even do any of that till like, you know, halfway through the match or whatever. So Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good opener and something different for Orange Cassidy. Yep, for sure. Okay, so after this, um, they talked about Wardlow winning the TNT title at the pay-per-view. And once again, as Joe and I always talk about, they used reality in this as well. Apparently, I guess on Sunday, I think I guess the day after the pay-per-view or somewhere around in there, Wardlow's car actually got broken into. Someone smashed the windows, broke in, stole some stuff, including the TNT title. So once again, a title has been stolen uh, from a wrestler here. So they actually worked that into the story, and they actually talked about that, showed the pictures and everything. So uh, after that, they go backstage, and uh, Wardlow's opponent tonight, Powerhouse Hobbs, is with Renee. Renee asks, you know, is tonight your night? Are you going to win the TNT title? And Hobbs says, you know, it's unfortunate what happened to you, Wardlow, with your car getting broken into. You lost your gear. Your life's in shambles. He goes, look at me. He goes, would that have happened to me? He goes, but you have one thing left, and that's being called a champion. And he goes, and tonight I'm taking that. So, yeah, Hobbs was basically doing the, you've lost everything, you're going to lose that. Yeah, it was, you know what? It wasn't actually a, it wasn't a bad promo at all. It was from perfect, now. man. It didn't have to be long. It didn't have to be drawn out. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Like, good. Yeah, okay. Got it, man. And, and, and you know what? Like, again, Renee, I, I think, is very underrated uh, in her ability to help these guys with their presentation. Well, that's it. She sets them up well. Yeah, exactly. And, and she's always been good with the, you know, as the classic wrestler announcer should be, the facial expressions. show yep. you, Show you're happy with what they're saying or your disdain over what they're saying and stuff like that. And she does all that stuff. Uh, okay, so uh, after that little promo for that, uh, we go back to the ring, and Ricky Starks comes out, he gets the entrance, walks down to the ring, he talks about loving California and beating Jericho, so he's had a hell of a week, um, he goes, I took down the JAS and Chris Jericho, and I get people asking what is next for me, and the answer is, I'm not sure, he goes, but the question is on my mind, is not what will I do next? He goes, but where do I go next? So basically, you know, done with Jericho, on to the next story. And then as soon as he said that, as soon as he said, but where I go next, the Bullet Club music hits and the Bullet Club logo fills the big screen. 
And so we're like, oh, wow, okay, this is kind of crazy. And Starks is looking at it, wondering what's going on. But uh, Juice Robinson, it ends up being Juice Robinson. But he comes in from the back. He doesn't come down the, the rampway. He comes up from the other side of the ring. So he comes behind Starks. He spikes him. Uh, gives him a DDT and like pretty well knocks him out right away and stands over top of him looking pretty maniacal. So there you go. On to the next story here. Obviously, Juice Robinson and uh, Ricky Starks. I uh, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I'm curious to see where that goes. <laughs> well, I thought this was set up really well with him I, just I coming did out and going, well, now, you know, I'm on to my next thing. Where do I go next? And then, you know, Juice Robinson. And I'm sure, you know, they'll give Robinson the time and he'll go, well, you know, here's I'm next and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I I, I liked it for how simple it was, yet it made sense. Absolutely. And, and again, like, you know, people like to like complain about how, oh, you know, they have this big roster. They should use people. OK, we're using people now. Like, watch it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, okay. So we had go after this. We go backstage. Tony's with Wardlow. So we had Renee with Hobbs. Now we get Tony with Wardlow. Tony says, where's your hat at for the championship match tonight? Wardlow said he's dealt with a great deal of loss lately. Uh, he said some buddies lent him some clothes. He was wearing an FTR uh, t-shirt. So I, I guess the insinuation was an FTR gave him. Hey man, use, use that history, baby. Yeah. Use that history. Yeah. yeah. Um, he then suggested that, you know, why don't we make the TN title? He goes, you know, basically on this idea that he's lost everything. And he goes, why don't we just make this title match? Everything goes. Why don't we just go all the way? Uh, we'll make it false count anywhere. He goes, I'm planning to teach Hobbs a lesson in respect. He goes, but now I'm going to demolish him. And he goes, I may not have the physical belt, but I am the TNT champ. And no one is taking that from me. So Wardlow has decided false count anywhere. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I guess, you know, certain wrestlers it, it, are allowed to book their matches. Well, no, it, it sort of goes to your point, like, where, uh, because I know this is one of your pet peeves, where the champ will challenge somebody. It's like, no, <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's it's ridiculous, right? Uh, it, it always, it always, I always find it weird when the, they have the champion make the match more difficult. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, that? why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, uh, Renee is in the ring. Uh, after this, she brings out Ruby Soho and Soraya, Soraya and storm come out with her, but they don't come to the ring. They just kind of come out on the ramp and then they go back to the back. Uh, Renee was like, okay, let's hear it. Why did you join Soraya and Tony storm? Ruby said, look, it's obvious. He goes, and it, it, she goes, I didn't do this. You created this monster. She points at the crowd. She goes, my first title match in AEW was at Grand Slam against Brit. And when she beat me, these people were thrilled. She goes, in the semifinals of the Owen Hart tournament, I faced another homegrown talent in Chris Statlander. Crowd cheers, you know, because we haven't seen her for a while. Ruby said, oh, yeah, yeah, you like her? She goes, I know you weren't there, Renee, but do you remember the response after I beat her? They booed me out of the damn building. He goes, then at Revolution, your favorite homegrown, Jamie Hayter, pins me in the middle of the ring. You know, I realized that no one was going to come to my defense and no one was going to appreciate me. She says, but I'm not the only one. Storm came and she wasn't appreciated from the start. Start. In fact, the company didn't appreciate her at all, refusing to call her champ. 
but calling her interim champ. And you all begged Soraya to come out of retirement. And then all you fat neck mouth breathing trolls came <laughs> after her. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. She goes, we've been outcast since the day we came in. And we came to help rebuild a women's division. But you can't build on a faulty foundation. You can only demolish it and start anew. And she goes, and that foundation is the entitled little shits in the back. The broken foundation is the rookies who think they deserve the world because Tony Khan and you people gave it to them. And she goes, speaking of entitled, let's bring out my opponent, Sky Blue, another homegrown one. And that's what happened. And that led into the match with Sky Blue and Ruby. But before we talk about the mat or the match, yeah. What did you think? I, again, I... I- I love this promo. I thought it was great. I mean, the the way that they wove in all the stuff and they connected the story all together, like it was, it was perfect. I almost hate to say it, but for that faction, like Soraya and Tony were good. Like they're, they're good in terms of getting the heat. Right. But Ruby should be their mouthpiece. Right. That was like, that was a really good promo. Like, Exactly what you just said. They weaved in the fact that, hey, when I came and I lost to Brit, everyone booed. When I lost to Chris Statlander, everyone booed. Everyone's booing Tony Storm. Everyone's booing. Like, like that was a really – like, I was so impressed by that promo. Hey, I can't yep. tell you. And, and again, I, I think this makes – like, this gives Ruby kind of a new coat of paint. Yes. It makes her a hundred times more interesting than the sort of generic baby face that she was doing. And again, like – let her do all the all the talking because like like you know again let's Saray let Saray and Tony make their like the, the comments let them be kind of like the the heat magnets but I thought Ruby did really well I would like to hear her more on the mic mm-hmm. yeah that I don't know if it might be hard I know I get the impression Soraya likes to be kind of the front front piece and do the oh, some no, of the yapping you- you're but, you're right you're right, but I could see this I could see it where Ruby just because like you know what it reminds me of and again I'm not putting Ruby in the same category, just the just the comparison. When the Rock joined the Nation of Domination right. and Ron Simmons was supposed to be the like the head of it, but you couldn't deny the charisma of the rock. Right, right. right. And that's what I mean. I think Soraya, you're right, is going to be the um is is the leader, right? But if Ruby Soho continues making promos like that, you can't deny that, man. I agree. <laughs> it's going to be no, good. I agree. I thought I just thought it was like, wow, you again, as we we rave about this constantly, classic heel. Those are all legit. Beefs. Yes. Those are all legit beefs. And you're just going to be exaggerated and be a dick about it. And get hung up on it. Like, exactly. I, I love it. It's yeah, like, I, loved it's it, yeah. part, I thought it was great. It was a great, yeah, absolutely. Like, and 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 again, like, and, and I agree with you. It, it made me more interested in Ruby Soho. It yep. made me more interested in the in this faction. I'm like, okay, I can buy into this outsiders yep. coming in and not getting treated right. Like, I can buy into this now. You yep. know what I mean? It it makes sense. It's got some logic to it. And yeah, you've got your homegrown girls, and now you've got this set. So. Yeah, they should. Yeah, they, they should I, work I, out. I really hope they give this the time that it deserves. Because man, like, you know, now you've got Britt and Jamie, and like, like we haven't heard from Sheeta, so there's still that. Hopefully, you know, will Chris Statlander come back anytime soon? Like, there's another one. So, really, really curious. Like, again, I really hope that they give this some store, some some time on TV. 
Okay, so this, as you know, she did call her out there. So Sky Blue ends up taking on Ruby Soho. <laughs> That's the match here. Ruby, you know, just starts beating on her, tosses her out of the ring, throws her around at ringside. Uh, they go to pick and pick, and Ruby just destroys her the whole pick and pick. Uh, you know, Blue gets a little offense when they come back. She gets a flying body press off the top, a super kick. But then Ruby gives her the destination unknown and got the pin. It was over. It was over pretty quickly. Uh, Soraya and Storm came down to celebrate. They spray painted the big L uh, on Blue. Uh, but then Willow Nightingale came out for the same. I guess she's going to be involved in this as one of the baby faces. Uh, she tried to talk to Ruby, but Storm and Soraya just attacked her, and Ruby gave her the no future kick. So there you go. They laid out Willow Nightingale. As uh, okay. okay, I got to point this out because to me that was the stupid baby face moment of the night because, right. like, you know, Soraya and Tony Storm exit the ring, and then Willow just completely turns her back on them. And I'm like, come right. on, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I could see that being um, like a side feud for Ruby So. Not sorry, not a side feud. Like I could see that being a feud in conjunction with like the Brit and Jamie Hader connection. Because remember, mm-hmm. they they did have that tag team, and remember Willow kind of like fought her way to earn Ruby's respect. Right. So like I could see that being like a first program for Ruby Soho um, where she and Willow get into it. Now, again, I'm all for it because I like Willow Nightingale. I think these are going to be fun matches. Okay. So after this, uh, we go backstage. Yeah. There, there was a lot of segments in this show, but then again, it's starting new stories, right? Yeah. Actually, actually out- okay. Hang on before you go forward. Cause you, you know that sometimes I complain about a lot of promos, right? With yeah. this show specifically, I did not have a problem with it because now you're resetting everything. Yeah. So to me, it made complete sense. Yep. But the other thing I want to stress is that for the most part, a lot of the interviews were short and to the point. You yep. know what I mean? Like, well, so, look at how simple the Ricky Starks Juice Robinson. Yes, exactly. Like, we didn't have to do a 15-minute extravaganza. It was like, who's next? Bullet Cup Music. DDT, all right, we're off and running, right? Ruby Soho comes out. You guys booed me. We're off and running. You know, so I really dug the pacing of this show. And yeah, like, like again, coming back to the fact that there were a lot of backstage segments, no problem because you got to start. Yeah, you got to. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. You know, you, it wasn't rehash. It was new. It was like new people and new matches. And you're like, you're intrigued. You're like, oh, okay, I like yeah. this. These guys yeah. are going to go Ex- with this. And this is cool, it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Renee's backstage with Hangman Page. He's got a major black eye, huge black eye. <laughs> yes, he did. From the Texas death match. Um, she asked him, she goes, you know, I know how John is. She goes, how are you doing? Uh, he says, physically, he's been better. He said, but his mind, his heart, and his soul were okay. And he said, Sunday, I light the heart, I let the heart darken and go somewhere with no light because I had to. And he goes, this should serve as a warning that if you want to push me, I will take you to hell. I will rip off your flesh. I will choke you until your life leaves your body and I will ride out. Renee, at this point, she asked, you know, if things between him and John were finally done, were they finally fixed? And he said... I've given you a lot of flack for these interviews, and I owe you an apology. She goes, specifically saw on Sunday, and I'm sorry for what you had to see. But if you want to blame somebody, don't blame me. And he said, Mox, after the Texas death match, I'm finished. 
So again, putting the end to that story, it seems. <laughs> right. <laughs> Till we see you later on tonight. Well, yeah, that's yeah. later on. Yeah, exactly. But again, you know what? I like that promo, man. That was actually some intensity that we've needed to see from Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. Like, I love yeah. the line of, like, if you want to try me, if you want to, if you want to push me, I'll take you to hell. I'll rip off your flesh. I'll choke you until the life leaves your body, and I'll ride out. Um, that was that was almost very John Moxley esque, but right. done in a, done in an Adam Page way. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. You're right. It was an intensity you don't really kind of see from him. Yep. Okay, so after this, they went to a promo. I guess MJF did this promo right after the match at the pay per view at Revolution. So right after the one hour Iron Man match, beat actually longer than an hour as it turned out. And then um, beating Danielson, and I guess there was recorded. So he's backstage, he's covered in blood, he's and you know he's super wound up. He's been in the ring for like an hour plus. He's friggin' just going wild. He's, he's like face covered in blood. He says, "You want to question my ability in that ring?" And he's just like screaming. He's like, he's like, maybe you should get checked if you thought Brian Danielson was at my level. He goes, "Best in the world, my ass." He goes, I just made the dragon tap out and I snapped his wings clean off. And he goes, maybe I'm the devil with horns growing out of my forehead. Maybe I got a silver tongue. He goes, but I got the grandest prize of them all, triple B. He goes, but now my back isn't against the wall and I'm ready to celebrate. And daddy is single in San Fran. He goes, goes, my dad's tall, very Ric Flair kind of line. He goes, but I'm not finished. He goes. March 15th, the Ides of March. It's my birthday. I'm going to stroll on into that wretched Winnipeg because Dynamite next week is in Winnipeg, Canada. That's right. He goes, um, and celebrate that I am the best wrestler in the world. He goes, I won't have a regular birthday party. That's for chumps. He goes, I'm having my rebar mitzvah. Nobody, (laughs) yeah, nobody is dethroning the devil because my reign of terror has just begun. So it was good. And if you watched um, the scrum after the pay-per-view and MGF was the first one to come out and that's exactly, I mean, he, he was, that was that same thing. He was like, it was really good actually the way he came out and said, all right, all you reporters forever, you've been going, can I do this? You know, I'm great on the stick, but I'm no good in the ring or I can't do a long match. And he just came out there He's like, have, like, have I proven it now? Have I proven it now? And it was it was really great. And this kind of was playing off the same thing. You guys think I can't work. Well, have I proven it now that I can work? So, yeah, there you go. And and I have to wonder, you know, when we have things like this in wrestling, celebrations, birthday parties, someone gets the cake. But our bar mitzvah, what happens at a bar mitzvah? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, you, know, you got me. You got you got me on that one. <laughs> it's gonna be weird. Yeah, that's gonna be kind of weird. You know what? Though, okay. This, this is this is actually this is what like you know kudos to Danielson, um and and MJF. But this is what MJF needed because now, like he's got a legitimate claim at being a great wrestler on top of being a great talker. Like yeah. I, I know, I know you and I like have he always. Looks, he's worthy to hold the title. Yes, yeah. Like I, I know you and I have always raved that is that that he's uh, underrated in the ring. But after Sunday, you can't say that anymore. Like he hanged a bang. No. Brian Danielson, right? So yeah, yep. 
Yeah, they made that match work for sure. And that's an incredible, that's an incredible feat, right? Yep. So, absolutely. I loved, I loved it. If you haven't watched the scrum after the pay-per-view, at least watch it for the MJF segment because I thought he was tremendous. Um, okay, so Tony's in the ring and he brings out FTR because they did show up at the pay-per-view. So it's like, all right, what's going on with FTR? Huge FTR chant. We haven't seen them for months. Crowds going wild. Cash, Cash was totally loving this. He had a grin on his face, I think, almost the whole time they were out there. And he, he looks at Tony and everybody's chanting FTR. And he's like, man, oh, man. He goes, I missed that. Um, and he said he wanted to talk about how bad the last few months have been. He goes, we lost to the acclaimed. We lost to the guns. He goes, we lost three sets of tag titles in about a month. He goes, and then we lost one of our best friends in wrestling. They're talking about uh, Jay Briscoe. Uh, and you could tell this was tough on him. He, you could tell there was genuine feelings there because he just kind of stopped at that point. He let the crowd kind of chant for a bit here. Finally, he said, we knew we needed to take a break and recharge. But right now, I cannot sit at home in good conscience and watch Austin and Colton Gunn call themselves the best tag team. Yes, you are good. And yes, you are the current AEW tag champions. And yes, you are the future of the tag team division. But you're also spoiled, entitled, disrespectful little assholes. <laughs> Your father gave you everything you could ever ask for. My father couldn't give me that. My father couldn't give me a private education. He couldn't get me a job at the best wrestling company in the world. But he did teach me how to fight and how to be respectful. And he goes, I'm going to teach you everything my dad taught me like daddy ass should have done. So cash. Excellent. Great little chunk there. Yeah. You know what? Like I, before you go further, I think a lot of like Dax tends to do a lot of the talking for that team. But I think a lot of people forget that cash is pretty good on the mic, too. He was this. I I was watching this going. I'm like, wow, that was like completely excellent. What? You yeah. Did. Big time. You know? Uh, and so, yeah, Dax picks it up. He says, I always come out here and I talk about how much I care about my family. He goes, but I want to switch gears and talk about someone else I care about. And he says, that's all of you. And he points at the crowd. He says, in a time when I felt unloved, you never left us and professional wrestling never left us. And he goes, that's why I love this business. He goes, but this ain't no raw, raw baby face speech. He goes, but damn it. I love you all. And he was, you know, he was trying to continue and kind of stopped and big FTR chant going here. Huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Denver, this, he goes, in December, we closed the book on the greatest trilogy of matches we ever had in our career. And even though we didn't win that night, we knew we did something special. But that feeling was taken away from us by you, guns. And the last memory of one of my best friends in this industry was taken away from me by you. Now it's time for retribution. It would be easy to beat your asses, but we have to hit you where it hurts. Now we have to beat you and become AEW World Tag Team Champions. We got to do it for us. We got to do it for the Briscoes, and we have to do it for all of you. Top guys out. Um, yeah, it was excellent. I mean, you know, of course we have missed them not being there. And they needed that time for a breather. Now they're obviously back into it. And, yeah, I thought this was great. And, yeah, 
I uh, I cannot tell you how happy I am. <laughs> I, I, thought, you know, I thought of you when there when the the because um, you know there was a lot of stuff happened on the pay per view and that wasn't really in my mind. That I I can't remember if they promoted this. They probably did, and I just missed it. But as soon as the music hit and they came out, I went, oh, yeah, and I thought of you right away. I'm like, oh, Joe's going to be so happy now. And, and you, you know what I like about this, too? Um, and I'm going to compare this to the Adam Cole promos that we've been seeing lately, okay? Adam Cole has been saying, I want to be the best in AEW. FTR just came out and said, we want to be the tag team champions. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, like there's no... There's no beating around the bush. There's, you know, they're, they're just like, hey, we're here to win the oh, championships, no. period. It's, great. it's <laughs> right? great. Like every if you notice since they started, every single rivalry is solidly focused around the belts. Yes, like, absolutely. It's always about I'm here to get that. I want that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, they've been they've been very good with that. You know, they might have too many titles. But they have certainly done a good job of trying to make the titles mean something yep. and it be the focus, right? Absolutely. I, I, liked, I really like the way they wove the Briscoe stuff in, too, because those guys did have that strong set of matches. And because of the timing, the unfortunate uh, passing of uh, Jay and the timing, uh, that's going to be one of the biggest parts in the Briscoe's legacy. So it was, it was uh, kind of interesting to see them kind of weave that in there and talk about how much that affects them as well, right? Yep. Okay, so after this, uh, we go to and oh, by the way, I'm sure the guns and FTR. I think the matches will be good. I I do too. I think like like they, you know, say what you want about the guns. I know that they're still relatively uh like young. Hey man, they can go. Like look at what they did against FTR. Look at what they did against the Acclaim. Like they're not a chump team. Okay, so from here we go to Renee is backstage with Jade Cargill, and you know what? I could not. What's was the other girl's name? I can't even remember. I have I had pulled a brain fart on her name. Oh, oh, I can't remember either. Never mind. <laughs> is it Kira? Was it Kira Hogan? No, it's or? not Kira Hogan. That's the one that left the baddies. Okay. I was I was like like I'm watching this going. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? I can't remember her name. Okay. Anyway, so Renee's there with Jade Cargill. Renee says, you are 53 and oh, are you feeling challenged at this point? And of course, Jade's like, yeah, well, what's a challenge? She goes, I've ran through every woman here at AEW and in the U.S. So she's beaten the entire country. Uh, since we're going to Canada next week, and then she looks at Renee and goes, aren't you from Canada? She goes, let's bring out the best opponent Canada has. And since Jade Cargill is so big on charity, why don't one of you whack-ass Canadians Step up and get stepped on. And that was the promo. So I guess she's going to fight a Canadian in Winnipeg. That seems to be the setup. Um, who would that be? You got me. Yeah. I was <laughs> trying of, to think, too. Taya Valkyrie, maybe? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think, hmm, who could that be? Unless they just pick someone that we don't, you know, is not yeah. a big name and it just ends up being a squash. I'm not sure. But uh no, and, that, and that's what I mean. I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to be like a Ty Valkyrie type deal. Isn't she like a free agent or something? So Maybe, yeah, maybe. So, anyways, there you go. Slick used to call them goofy Canadians. She's calling them whack-ass Canadians. So, there you that's, go. That's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, it was fine as a promo. We didn't have to watch a match, so that was good. Well, you uh, know what? It, 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 it was short. 
That's yes. Like, like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Very yeah. short. She didn't have to say much. You know, I want to beat up a Canadian. That was yeah, it. that's that's fine. There's no problem. Like like where it would have gotten ugly is if they gave her like five minutes and then she's yeah. like and and, and uh, uh, like come on. Uh, well, they, maybe they're they're finally starting to realize you know book to her strengths. Yes, keep yeah. Keep keep her mouth short. Keep her short <laughs> and don't put her in matches every week. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so up next was the uh, six-man tag match here. So we had the JAS, so it was um, Garcia, Daniel Garcia, Jericho, and Sammy Guevara against AR Fox and Top Flight, which is Darius and Dante Martin. Um, This one, it seemed to me like the match barely got started and they went to pick and pick. It was one of those, that's one of those things that WWE used to always bug me. It's like a match would barely get started and they would go to commercial. Um, That seemed to happen here. Uh, the JAS though they had control all through the pick and pick. Uh, oh, there's a there's a surprise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was uh, Darius did this like one man Spanish fly on Jericho that looked pretty wild, but Jericho cooked out. Uh, Ar Fox did the crazy implosion senton that to the dude, outside. That dude's really good. Like, it, like a, athletically, he's insane, yeah. man. Yeah, it, that move was sick looking. I'm just like, holy cow. And the crowd, too. They, it instantly got a holy shit, Chan. As soon as yeah. Um, Jericho got uh, the walls on Darius at one point. Darius rolled him up, though, for a near fall. Um, the finish, Hager used the bat on Darius, and that allowed Jericho to get the Judas effect on him and then pin him. And uh, Angela, <laughs> they did a little promo afterwards, too. But anything about them before we get into that, anything about the match for you? It was pretty standard match. You know, didn't really nothing really stood out to me big time. No, not really. And and I think, um, you know, it was it, it kind of came out of nowhere, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, like, I mean, until after you saw what happened. But even then, like. Um, okay, actually, we'll get into that in a sec. But the match itself was fine. Like, I mean, top top flight and AR Fox are insane. Um, you know, I I I almost hate to say this, but I thought Jericho kind of slowed the match down. Like, I mean, Garcia and Sammy G can keep up with those right. guys, but Jericho was just kind of weird. Right. Um, and uh, so, but but again, it wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't horrible. So, yeah, they did some – the JAS did some promo stuff here at the end. Angelo Parker said it was the greatest trios match in AEW history. <laughs> he called for everyone to light the beam. I guess that's one of his new catchphrases. Uh, Menard said, did you know that tonight marks the one-year anniversary of the Jericho Appreciation Society? For over 52 weeks, the epitome of Spots Antanas, the way he says it, Spots Antanas. Um Garcia said that after a beautiful victory like this, we should be the number one contenders for the trio's titles. And then, of course, Sammy jumps in and goes, hey, but the JIS is the sexiest group alive. And then he just kind of disappears again. Uh, Jericho said, we are the new number one contenders for the trio's titles. He goes, House of Black, turn out your lights and do your entrance and get your asses in the ring right now. I loved that. <laughs> turn off the lights and get out here. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and that's what happens. The lights go out. The lights go out. But instead of House of Black coming out, we hear the beginning of Kansas. <laughs> Carry on my wayward son. And it's the Bucks and Kenny Omega that come out. 
Actually, I, I liked that when that happened. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, Omega said, for the better part of three years, we've stayed out of your lane. You haven't got involved in our business, and we haven't got involved with yours, which is true. There's really been no intersection with these groups. He goes, I'd like to think that comes from mutual respect. However, when you talk about the trio's championships, like Omega's kind of like taking it personally. Then at that point, Don Callis runs out. Don Callis runs out. He stops him from talking. He grabs the mic from Kenny and he says, everybody knows it was the elite that established the trio's titles. And after the match at Revolution, it's obvious they are the number one contenders, not you guys. And he said, and Chris, on a personal note, you and I have been friends for 33 years. And I fully agree with those that say you were one of the greatest of all time. He goes, but unfortunately, you're the second best wrestler from Winnipeg. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was good. And Callis says, if you had a couple of months to train, Jericho would be number three. But yeah, Callis, <laughs> I love this. Was great. Callis says, if he had a couple of months to train, yeah. Jericho would be I, number three. I love that line. I thought that was good. That was classic heel manager, right? Yeah, that's like sure. Jimmy Hart saying something like that or whatever. So, of course, that's like Jericho's like, what? He's just like freaking out. He said, Callus, get your wormy ass down here with your friends right here, right now. And then the lights go out again. <laughs> Dexter Loomis busy is night, getting a busy workout. Busy night for Dexter Loomis. <laughs> um, uh, so, but this time it's the screen. The screen lights up and Malachi Black's on the screen. He said, there was no reason for the teams to fight. He goes, they were both equally, you're both equally deserving of a beating in your hometown. He said, next week, if you want these. And then the lights went dark again. And then the lights came back and they were all out there on the ramp. And and they've got the belts. And he says, come and get them. And then they waited for a second. The lights went out again. And when they came back on, the House of Black was gone. And the segment ended with Jericho freaking out and screaming how they would be champs next week. Um, I loved it. This is the way House of Black should be. No mumbo jumbo and no goofy promos that make no sense. It's like, hey, you know what? You guys are both equally deserving of a beating in our hometown. I love that. I thought that was great. Like, I, I loved how this was just like simple no mumbo jumbo. Yeah, you did your stuff with the lights, which is fine. That's fine. But no long winded mumbo jumbo voodoo hoodoo speech and just straight into like, hey, yeah, you guys are both deserving. Here we go. Let's have the match. I um, my only thought about this and I'm willing to give it a chance is that, OK, I'm OK with uh, the elites. Right. Being being in there because they were the trios champions. Right. I'm not sure how I feel about Jericho, um, uh, Garcia, and Sammy. Uh, oddly right. enough, I would almost prefer it if it was Hager and 2.0. Because, like, 2.0 is actually a tag team. You know right, what I mean? Right, so, right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Jericho, like, and, and, like, kudos to the guy for trying to, you know, continue moving forward and stuff. But I don't know. that, that Just Jericho, Sammy, and, and, and Garcia just seems like a weird combination. It's threaded while it is very thrown together, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, to your point too, 
I think what you mentioned earlier, I mean, really, it is tough to put Jericho in like one of these situations with these teams yeah. and, and have him try to keep up, you know. Yeah. That, now, that that said, though, I just want House of Black to kick everybody's ass. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's it. Exactly. Right. And, well, I think that's what's that's that, hopefully what will happen out of this is, yeah, it spins off towards more towards the Bucks and J.A.S. just are out of here after this or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so after this, we had a Tony Khan announcement. I don't know if it's going to become a thing now where Tony Khan makes an announcement every week. President Jack Tunney was never this busy. But Tony Khan's got an announcement, and he talked. Uh, he said that Orange Cassidy has now issued, issued an open challenge for the All-Atlantic title next week in Winnipeg, and it's going to be against Jeff Jarrett. And Tony Khan said, I'm going to honor that request. Why? But he said, Why did you do that, Tony Khan? <laughs> like, no, we don't want to see Jeff Jarrett on TV. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, he says this match represents an important milestone in the company. It represents the fifth and final defense of the All Atlantic title on international soil. He goes, and it is the only AEW title to change hands on international soil. So he said, so of next week, as of next week, it will be the AEW International Championship. So there you go. They've decided to change it from all Atlantic to international. All right. Uh, again, uh, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. I was, yeah. it, it, it was another one that like it really came out of nowhere. Like when he started talking, I'm like, what? Well, don't, don't, the name of the title. Don't forget, too, that they did tie it into that new Shazam movie that's coming out. So I wonder if oh, that yeah, was part right. of it. So I guess maybe, yeah. But, but again, like, I mean, like I'll give him, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for trying to drum up some excitement, but that wasn't to No, that wasn't that really, was, like, that's like, to me, that's like Triple H coming out and handing you the belt type thing, right? Well, yeah, and, and then and then I think the other part too, and, and again, I know it's his company, he can do whatever he wants, but Tony Khan is not good on the mic. And I think that hurt the presentation a little bit too, right? Yeah, it just, it seems so weird to just change it like that so randomly. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's well, and, and, and again, like, I, I don't know if changing it randomly, I like, I think what it was is just, it wasn't explained very well. That was my problem with it. It's like, why are you doing this? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, if they had come out and they said, you know, like, let's say, yeah, and we're going to dedicate this to this and it's going to become more of a, like a title that we, that we defend in like Japan and, and, and Canada and, and, you know, all these other countries. Yeah. Okay. Now that makes sense. But I just didn't like the way he explained it. So when he, well, when he said it, it was, it just kind of felt flat. So why wasn't it just this from the very beginning then? Like, why was it the all Atlantic title? And that's and that's what I mean. They didn't explain that. No. Right? So like no. like like if he had said and again, I'll, I'll just just to use an example, you know, like, hey, we've been we've been defending this belt in all of North America. However, you know, we did defend it in Japan, let's say, or we did defend it in you know, wherever. And we feel that this this has now become an international title. And henceforth, we are changing it to the international belt. But I think what what also would have made this a bigger deal is if they had created a new belt, right? Like if don't just right, change the name. Belt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't right, just change sure. the name. Yeah. Here's the new belt. 
And at least that way, it's a, a bit more symbolic than just saying, yeah, we're going to call it the international belt. Oh, and by the way, watch Shazam. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? It like, was, it was, yeah, it was pretty lame ass the whole yeah. segment. Yeah. And like, trying to, trying to tie the movie into it as well. You know, yes. And, you know, mentioning Warner brothers and all that shit. It's like, oh, come on. Like, no, no, and, and again, it's, it's fine. Like, look, WWE has been promoting movies like crazy over the last few months. I'm not knocking that they're trying to like, for but not it, this way though. No, no. That, and that's what I mean. Like from a business perspective, I understand, you know, like they're getting sponsorship money. Good on them. But if you're going to rename a title, right, give it a bit more gravity. Don't just say, hey, it's now called the international yeah. title. Like get yeah. a new belt, get, you know, do something. But yeah. th- like, so that just felt really flat. That's all. Like even if they had done something where one of the heels stole the belt and smashed it. Yeah, or, or something whatever. like that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they should have done something more other than saying, here's the belt, watch the movie. Yeah. So. Okay, so next up was a very. This was wild. This wow, was, yeah, 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 definitely. This was. This, this is. I. I honestly, I've never seen Brian Danielson do a promo like this before. Uh, it was incredibly heart wrenching, very dramatic, uh, very well shot, good timing as well. They did the same thing here with Brian that they did with MGF earlier. They they aired a promo that he did right after the match. At the pay-per-view after Revolution. So, again, just like MJF, you know, he's been through an hour-long match. He's very emotional. He's crying. He's literally crying as he starts doing this promo. And he's like, I always thought I was doing this for my kids. He goes, you know, I was forced to retire. He goes, I wanted to teach them. But I realized out there tonight, Max was right. My whole career has been legs, lungs, heart, and never giving up. And that's what I always thought was the best to fight, to fight and fight and fight and fight. He goes, and when I woke up from being unconscious and I was in the label lock, that's how the match ended. He goes, my first instinct instinct was to, and they bleeped it, but I'm sure he said fucking fight. He goes, then I realized as I was fighting that I can't feel my arms. My left leg didn't have any strength anymore. And when Max said, after the match, I wouldn't be able to play with my kids. It dawned on me. He was right. I was putting myself before my family. Tapping out made me more ashamed than anything else I've ever done. He goes, it's time for me to go home. And he just got up and walked away. And that was it. Wasn't on the show. In fact, shouldn't be on the show for quite a while after this promo. Um Wow, very, very intense. Very, very intense. And again, the beginning of a story, a new story, and like, you know, let's see where it goes. I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes because that was a, that was not necessarily the promo I was expecting, but it was very, um, I thought it was very, like you said, it was very well done. It was well shot. A lot of emotion. Yeah, very dramatic. And uh, I'm intrigued. I, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do the kind of like, cause I mean, they kind of teased at that whole angle with Jericho and then they never really followed through where no. like, it looked like Jericho started to lose. And it was, I thought, Oh, they're going to do, he's questioning whether he should be where he is and should he be doing this still? But then they just kind of dropped it. So I don't know, maybe that's, it ends up being more this year with him. I'm not sure. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have to see. But again, like if nothing else, I'm curious to see where this goes. Yeah. Because the promo was fantastic. Yes, like it, it was really well was. Done. Like, again, I've never seen him do a promo like that ever. 
Like the emotion was really amazing. Uh, okay, so we go to here and um, a tag match next, and it's uh, Moxley and Claudio Castanoli from the BCC against the Dark Order. Of course, Alex Reynolds and Johnny Hungy. Usually, if it's a tag team, it's those two. Um, Yuta comes out with Mox and Claudio. Um, uh, Mox and Claudio, of course, to start the match, they just grab both of the Dark Order guys. <laughs> they throw them out of the ring. They go nuts. They worked over Johnny Silver quite a bit here. Um, there was a great spot where Claudio and, and Silver going back and forth trying to suplex each other, and they're like they could they were like really sandbagging each other, so they couldn't lift each other. Finally, Claudio gets it, um, and they beat. Like I said, they. Um, they finally uh, they beat on Silver for a long time. He finally gets the tag. Reynolds comes in, goes crazy. Um, they went to pick and pick uh, shortly after this when they got the guys took control and they tossed Reynolds to the outside. Uh, they beat on uh, they even beat on Reynolds when they came back from the commercial. <laughs> they were still beating on him even after they came back from the commercial. Dark Order um, did not get a lot of offense in this match. No, he did. He did eventually get the hot tag. And Johnny Hunger went nuts on Moxley, gave him a German suplex for a near fall. Um, he also he had uh, Moxley down, almost got a submission, but then um, oh no, sorry, Moxley almost got the submission, but then a Silver got his own submission, and he was laying in some knees. And you know, dark. The idea was kind of Dark Order was trying some of their combo moves they like to do, but they were always being thwarted by Moxley or Claudio. Um, Mox eventually gets Reynolds in a submission and he taps out. And then this was, this was, here was the story here. And again, beginning of a new story, Mox wins with the submission, but then after they'd already win, he goes back and he puts it back on and clamps it on. And the announcers, they just freaked here. They were freaking out this whole time. They tossed silver over the top rope to the floor um, while Moxley kept the choke on Reynolds, uh, Evil Uno runs down to help. He pulls Moxley off Reynolds, but then Yuta comes in and they beat up Evil Uno. A uh, Hangman Page comes out for the save to help his Dark Order buddies. Uh, he corks Claudio, and then the entire combat club come down on him. It was like they are definitely turning heel. Like they were just being vicious here. Um, and the age, and it's this idea that you know Paige kind of wants to say, all right, I've had my thing with Moxley, and he kind of wants to put it behind him. But once again, he seems to be wrapped up in the BCC. They won't let it go. And there was a huge, huge "Let them fight" chant from the crowd. So the crowd was definitely uh, worked up by this. But yeah, I would say the BCC has gone H E E L. It's it's so weird though because like. I can't – I don't know if I can take Cesaro seriously as a heel. <laughs> like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Like, I, that came out wrong. Like, he's very good, right? But it's just that – like, I mean, like, Mox I could see being a heel. Oddly enough, Wheeler Yuta I could see being a heel because he's kind of like that annoying little brother. Uh, you know what I mean? It's sneer. Yeah, yeah. Good, he's got a good sneer. I, like I think I, you know what it, you know what it is. I think Cesaro just looks too nice. Like we need, I need to see more of a vicious side from him. You know, you know what, what could I, be clouding that too is years of having to do kind of comedy in WWE, right? Or perhaps, but like look at Wheeler Yuta. Like look what he did yesterday, where he chop blocked Evil Uno. Right? That's mm-hmm. generally heel heel tactics, and you know beating down on someone hard, right? 
Moxley can do heel, no problem. I'm not saying Cesaro can't do heel. He was a heel for a while in the WWE, but he was never like that vicious heel. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I think that's what I need to see from him. As I need well, to see, maybe it. that's what you will see, right? I hope, I hope so. Like I need to see more of a, a mean streak with him. I, I, I mean, I thought it was fine. I liked it. Freshens him up a bit. I yeah. mean, they don't have Regal in that. They don't like, you know, they can just, they can be heels now. I, I mean, this to me, like, I mean, they've always some once in a while, there's that subtlety of them being heels, but this was like, they yeah, were this out, is out. all out. And, yeah. he, and you know what? This is it. This versus House of Black. That is a match I want to see. Right, right. Now, it'd be interesting, though, I guess, is like Danielson. Where is his part here in the BCC, right? He's part of that group. Um, so what happens here? Does he, is that it? Is he separated from them now? I See, mean, they, ha- also- they haven't, they haven't finished that story. They like, actually not that they haven't finished it. They just, they've never, they've never, uh, kind of like what you said about Jericho and his losing streak, same deal. They haven't really resolved that. They, they just kind of mm. dropped it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to see if he ends up being part of this or he just goes off on his own tangent now. Okay, so they had a break. They come back. Renee's with the acclaimed. Uh, she said, you know, it's too bad, but things didn't really go your way at Revolution. What's next? Uh, Bowen said, yes, it didn't work, but we are on the road back to the AEW tag titles. And that starts tonight in Scissormento, <laughs> Sacramento, uh, because everyone loves the acclaimed. Now, Castro started to rap, but got interrupted by Menard and Parker. And Parker says, yeah, everyone does love the acclaimed, even us. And Menard says, Jericho and the JAS, we love the acclaimed. He goes, we love rap music. Uh, Parker oh, said, God. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> you, you know he's definitely lying. Yeah, we love rap music. Uh, Parker said, we all know you're sports entertainers, so how about it? How about you join the JAS? So they were making the plea for these guys to join. And this was hilarious. The acclaimed and daddy ass just burst into laughter and just laughed their faces off and left. Now, they didn't even give them an answer. They just laughed in their faces and left. Yeah. Didn't didn't one of them say something like, hey, we're on TV more than you guys. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Yes, I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? Like if this if this gets 2.0 into a program, I am all all for that. It's true. They shouldn't. Yeah, they've. They've had their time being kind of Jericho's flunkies. They deserve to be out there on their own. For sure. Okay, so after this, we had um, the big ads for Rampage. It's going to be Sammy Guevara against Action Andretti. Uh, The claimed with Daddy Ass will be in action. Takeshita takes on Preston Vance. That'll be a a fun match, man. Yeah. And Rio takes on Nyla Rose, and they were kind of billing this as Battle of the Former Champions. That'll be a fun match, too. <laughs> uh, Dynamite is in Winnipeg, as we mentioned, next week. It's Orange Cassidy versus Jeff Jarrett for the AEW International title. Wait a sec. And- Boo. <laughs> uh, MJF will have his rebar mitzvah. I want to see if someone's face ends up in a cake. Or- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, the elite versus house of black versus the JAS for the trios titles. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. And again, I, with all due respect, cause he is one of the greatest. It's just, I don't know how Jericho is going to handle himself in that match. 
Okay, so this led into our main event. It's uh, Wardlow defending the TNT title against Powerhouse Hobbs. As we mentioned earlier, uh, Wardlow decided, you know, I've lost everything. Let's just throw it all out there and make this falls count anywhere. So that's what it is. Uh, now, it starts with Wardlow's music plays and they, like he doesn't come out. And then all of a sudden the announcers go, oh, no, backstage, backstage. And I guess because it's false count anywhere, they decided to start beating on each other backstage. They're brawling all through the backstage. They're fighting around a car. Uh, Hobbs throws a trash can at him and the bell rings. I guess that was it. When she got <laughs> the trash can, that was the signature. The bell, the ringing of the bell kind of came out of nowhere because when they when the bell rang there, I thought, well, the match's already started, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, like it's a false count anywhere. As as it went, yeah, that's. I thought as soon as it went to the back and they're brawling, I'm like, oh, okay, match has started. But then they brawled for a bit and then the bell rang. So I'm like, that was kind of weird. So, anyways, it is official. It is a match. They're brawling. Uh, they get they're fighting around a car, so you know the car is going to get involved. Hobbs actually suplexes Wardlow on the hood of the car, and then he tries. Um, he tries to power bomb Wardlow on the hood of the car, but Wardlow kind of turns it into a back body drop, and uh, Hobbs lands on the windshield, smashes the windshield. Oh, and that looked not pleasant. I hope he's okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they well, they did go to the pick and pick fairly quickly after that. Yeah, they did for um, sure. It, there was some interesting stuff in the pick and pick. Hobbs was using a two by four. Uh, what? Oh. You're, oh, ho! <laughs> oh, okay, Hacksaw, okay. Wardlow threw him into some kind of wooden rigged wall thingy backstage. And <laughs> it was just weird. It was like, what is that, like a bunch of plywood or kindling? Or, didn't make sense. Why is it even there? I'm like, what is that? Um, Wardlow threw him into some chairs as well back there. And they just... Just as the pick and pick ends, they make their way out into the arena. We're finally out into the arena at this point. The crowd can actually watch them in person instead of having to watch it on TV. Um, They finally get to the ring. Wardlow's in control. But Hobbs does manage to get a spine buster. But Wardlow no-sells it. Completely no-sells it. Jumps up instantly. They trade shots for a bit. Wardlow gives them the F10, which is... Five better than Brock Lesnar's F5, even though it's the exact same move. Um, But Hobbs kicks out of that crowd. They want their tables. They're chanting for tables. Hobbs gets two more spine busters, but Wardlow still kicks out. Um, Hobbs threw him into the ringside barricade. They were fighting outside the ring. And Wardlow literally like went right through the barricade, smashed it right open. Uh, Wardlow's getting the 10 count at this point because he's down and out. Hobbs is getting the table set up. He's listening to the crowd. He's playing to the crowd. Yeah, baby. Um, uh, Wardlow at this point, though, he finally gets up. So I guess he grabbed someone's water at ringside and took a sip of it and then spit it all in Hobbs' face. And he laid Hobbs out on the table. And Wardlow goes into the ring and does like somersault senton off the friggin' thinks he's Jeff Hardy. Oh, dude, that. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, what do you want else? Jeff Hardy somersault senton off the top and put Hobbs through the table. But Hobbs kicks out after that, even after that. The crowd was loving it. They're doing that started a total. This is awesome chart after that, after that spot. Um, Wardlow grabs Hobbs. He power bombs him on the ramp. Um, but Wardlow collapsed as well because they were both worn out from the match. 
Wardlow takes Hobbs up to the ramp and the, takes him right in front of the announcers. And, of course, the announcers are freaking, no, 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 because it looks like he's going to powerbomb him on the announce table. So he is about to powerbomb Hobbs, but he's going to do it off the stage. Then all of a sudden, QT Marshall, of all people, comes out. QT Marshall, okay, I'll say it again, comes out. He hits Wardlow with a chair. He corks him in the nuts. He corks him with the chair again. Um, Taz puts was trying to put out the story that QT is somehow in league with Hobbs. I, I guess, I don't know. Um, this might've been something on dark that I missed. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lo- lo- long and short QT Marshall was trying to, I, I don't know if recruits the right word, but he was sort of like, you know, um, uh, making, uh, an alliance with Hobbs, uh, a few weeks ago or maybe a couple months ago. So it, it does make sense. Yes. Um, okay. So he's, uh, he's, he's helping Hobbs up. Because Wardlow is down at this point, and he's telling uh, Hobbs to pick up Wardlow, powerbomb him off the stage. But the two of them actually pick up Wardlow together. They powerbomb him off the stage. And, of course, Wardlow can't answer the 10 count, and Hobbs wins the title. There you go, Joe. We talked about it. Are they going to be going flippity-flippity-flippity-flop? They flippity-flippity-flippity-flopped it. This is is now becoming 24-7 territory. Um, oh, well, I don't know if it's quite that bad, but I have to admit, I was surprised. I did not expect Warlow, unless, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do that classic kind of WWE thing where you lose a lesser title and then you get to go for a bigger title. Um, but I don't know. Something's got to be up here to take it off Wardlow so quickly. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. Like, I, apparently um, this was supposed to be the plan in the first place where Hobbs would be beating Wardlow. But mm. it's like... It was like, again, I just don't like the idea of the title flip-flopping. Like, I mean, Samoa Joe just won it from Darby Allen last month or whatever it was. And then Wardlow wins it at Revolution, and now Hobbs wins it. And look, all all power to Hobbs, because I like Will Hobbs, and I'm glad he's going to get an opportunity. But I really, really hope that Hobbs actually gets a long title reign with this. I think that's what's going to happen. I do. I think they've, I think maybe they've changed their plans for Wardlow. Like to me, honestly, when I thought about this, I'm like, I wonder if he's heading for MJF here or, or something. I don't know. I just kind of, they must have something else. Planned yeah. Like, like and I, and I, and I hope so. But again, like I'm just looking at the optics of, you know, your TNT title, like look, like Cody Rhodes had it for a while, right? Miro had it for a while. Darby Allen had like eight eight title defenses. And then all of a sudden in the last month, you know, it's flipped three times. And I'm just I'm not a huge fan of that. Um uh and and like I, I mean I would have almost preferred that Samoa Joe beat Wardlow and then Hobbs beat Samoa Joe. Right. Because like because right. like here's the thing, like let's talk about Wardlow. Guy was, you know, hot after the MJF match. I mean, you and I have both you know, talked about how, what the hell happened with Wardlow's mm, yep. booking after that match. Then he beats Samoa Joe. It's like, great, let's get started. Now he loses to Hobbs. Now, again, I get it. Hobbs won through nefarious methods. QT Marshall, I'm not sure about, but hey, whatever. Um, but like, 
again, it's like, okay, now what with Wardlow? Now you're going to start him off again. It's like, what is going yeah. on here? No, right? absolutely. It's very bizarre. I did not expect it to happen. I have to admit, though, I'm kind of intrigued that they did do it because these guys would know that this, like Tony Khan would know this is not really something you should do, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm intrigued that uh, what they have here what I, they have to offer i don't i don't honestly like the qt marshall involved yeah i, th- I think i think that's I'm not my happy biggest with issue. that like that's, that's my... that really i'm like oh man really you're gonna freaking an- tie that anchor to hobbs like come on like, yeah ex- exactly kind of like what we, what we say with like hangman page and dark order it's like i like dark order i don't mind qt marshall but it just doesn't it doesn't strike me. It doesn't feel right. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no. It, it's just one of those things like, okay, yeah, two months ago, whatever. But, I mean, QT Marshall is so far off everybody's radar. Like, I don't know. It seems very penny-ante. It's almost like if, you know, 80s WWF, if Steve Lombardi had come in to help one of the the big guys or something, you know, iron Mike sharp all of a sudden is helping one of the top guys. It's like, yeah, like uh, all of a sudden he's hanging with Randy Savage. Yeah. You know right, what I mean? right, <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, one, one of these things does not match the other. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll have to see that. I, I just, you know, I ha- they must have something for Wardlow. I just hope it's, uh, it's good. And yeah. yeah, this, at this point, let Hobbs have it for like, yeah, six months. Right? Yeah, just, just yeah, right? let him let him be dominant with it. That's all I want. And look, if if the intent is for Wardlow to get his win back, fine. But I I don't know. I just I'm I'm not. Um, maybe it was a timing thing. I don't know. But I just, I'm not a fan of the flip flopping of the titles. That's all. Yeah. Okay, but overall, I really enjoyed the show. Um, yes. Because I I just again, like I said off the top, it seems rare nowadays that you get a show. Where, you know, a lot of stuff is summed up, finally finished, put to bed, and the next show started off new things. And I just, I thought they did a great job of starting off some new stories. 100%. Like, I thought this, like, if you're a uh, new fan to AEW, this would have been a good starting point for you to jump on. Uh, The stories, like, they were easy to understand. Hey, these guys are the best. You know, these guys want to challenge. Like, it was good. I thought it was, I thought it was a solid show. And again, um, to your point about there being a lot of promos and a lot of backstage segments, no problem because you're setting up all your programs. So, and 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 there honestly, can you think of one on the entire show that was too long? Like you know, we were talking about even Britt Baker and that promo made fun of the MJF long promos, right? But there was there was nothing on this show that I would call long. No, no, it was all very well paced. I mean, if I had to pick anything that dragged, then I'm this is me nitpicking here, okay? If I had to pick anything that dragged, it might have been that trios segment where like Jericho challenged them and then the lights went off and then the elite came out. But still, that was really well done. Like Don Callis was really good on the mic. Like House of Black came out, they didn't do their like, you know, we're here to extract the foundation of whatever. They just said, "Hey, you guys want you guys want you guys want to get your asses kicked? Winnipeg. That's it. Done." So uh, I I agree. Like I think for the most part, this show was really, really, really well paced. Um, it didn't feel like anything dragged at all. Now let's see what people thought. Now did this? How did this do in the ratings? Because you know we, it, we oh, usually off a pay per view you usually get a little bit of a bump up because if people didn't watch or they're curious to see what happened. So how did this one do? 
They, you know what? They stayed pretty flat. Um, I think last week they did 810-ish thousand. I can't remember the exact number. Uh, this week they did like 158,000. So they're 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 in where they've been for the last few months. They did 0.29 in the demo, which was good for fourth place. Um, so yeah, like I mean, not an improvement, but like they haven't, you know, like they it they've been like they're pretty much where they've been for the last little while. Um, I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing, um, mm, but yeah, yeah. you know, it is what it is. At, again, at the end of the day, they, I thought this was—I thought this was a fun show. In fact, you know what? I might argue that I enjoyed this show probably more than some of the build shows, The Revolution. Oh, I would say so. I would yeah. say I did definitely. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. remember, remember how last, like, the the go home show, you would actually ask me. Now, did that show make you want to buy the pay per view? Yeah. And I was like, not no. really. It was good, no. but not really. Yeah. I thought this show was way better than that show. Yeah, it, it, like, you know, Ricky Starks and Juice Robinson. What's going to yeah. happen there? Ruby Soho, now, you know, strongly a heel with this group. What's going to yeah. happen here? You know, there was the even and, and I just, I loved how both MJF and Brian, you know, we'll keep them out there, but we're just going to give them these short. And I loved how both of them were done right after the match. Yep. I thought that was really good. We got FTR back, you know. Yep. Let's see what's going to happen there. Lots of good so. stuff going on. And, yeah. again, to your point, nothing really dragged. Yeah, the only weird thing really is kind of like the, the quick title switch with Wardlow and the international title. Those, yes. those were kind of... Yeah. Those were kind of weird. Things, <laughs> Those, but other no, than I, that, I'll give you that. But still, like, I mean, it wasn't like where I was like, oh, that show sucked. It was just no, like, what no, the hell was that? <laughs> you know, so. Very good. Very good. All right. So uh, I think that's a good spot for us to put it to bed then. Uh, uh, we'll be back again next week, obviously, with more. And keep checking out the SNME podcast universe it's growing all the time there's so many new shows and stuff out there um so yeah check it out yes it is insane <laughs> there's lots going on um otherwise top guys out So there you have it. I hope that you like what you listen to. And just remember, you can get that show and every other show that we produce. If you are a patron and to join, all you'd need to do is go to patreon.com slash Radio, And it costs you $5 every single month. We hope to see you there. And just remember, stay tranquilo.